This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. Welcome everyone to the Owl Leaps podcast. Today we have Keith Frith and Tim Falk, clinical director of Owl Leaps. And also with us, special guest, Will Glover, a captain with the Dothan Police Department. Our topic today is coping with trauma and the holidays. Tim, would you get us started on this? Sure. Thank you, Keith. We're very fortunate to have with us uh, Will Glover. Uh, Will has been involved in law enforcement for over 20 years, and um, he had an incident that occurred a few years ago that really uh, kind of typifies what we're kind of talking about in peer support. And so what I'd like Will to do is kind of give us a history about yourself uh, and kind of catch us up where you are now. And uh, thank you for being here on such a short notice. Uh, David J. couldn't be with us this morning, and we want to talk about the holidays and stress. So thank you, Will, for being here. Sure thing. Thank you for the invitation. I'm glad to be here to help. Um, My name is Will Glover. I'm with the Dothan Police Department. I've been a police officer for about 23 years. Um, A couple years ago, me and my family went through something uh, very traumatic. Uh, On December the 10th, 2018, it was a Monday morning. uh, As I was traveling into work, I stopped downtown to uh, clean out my vehicle and gas up for the morning. And that's the last thing I remember for four and a half days. Um, I had a brain aneurysm uh, in my brain stem in the back of my head rupture. Uh, I fell out in the parking lot there. Um, Luckily, by the grace of God, there was a school resource officer coming in that morning, found me, uh, got rescued there pretty quick. Um, They got me to the emergency room within just a matter of moments, um, began working on me. I coded three times in the emergency room, um, pretty much like wasn't supposed to make it. Um, the doctors told my family from the from the beginning that uh, injuries like I suffered, uh, a third of the people don't make it to the emergency room, and then a third that make it to the emergency room die before they make it to ICU, and then the other third um, usually pull through. So. The numbers weren't good, um, but luckily we don't, based on numbers, we, you know, God had other plans. Um, So they were able to stabilize me. They took me to the ICU. Um, Three days later, I had my first brain surgery where they went in and uh, put a stent in, was able to to fix the ruptured vein um, or the artery. Of course, as luck would have it, where most people have two main arteries in the back of their head that go up, uh, I was one of the fewer people that was born with one. So it was a much more trickier surgery. Um, The doctor said for most of the time when you have two, they would just simply go in and cap off the one that that ruptured and the other one would take over the blood flow. But with me just having one, it was a little more tricky. Um, But he was successful. He went in. like I said, for the first four and a half days, I was in a medically induced coma. I had no idea I was even in this world. And uh, <clears throat> that Thursday about lunch, they they brought me out of the coma. Um, then the next day was was Friday. I had my second surgery, which was not planned. Uh, the doctor went in to to just check, see how everything was doing. And while he was 
checking me out, my right carotid artery actually collapsed. Um, so while I was laying there, the weirdest thing, while you're conscious and they're doing surgery through your femoral artery, it's, uh, it's pretty freaky, I guess is lack of a better word. But anyway, I was my second surgery, and they, they put a second stent in in my carotid artery. Um, so I spent the next 28, 29 days in the ICU unit. Um, we got to celebrate Christmas and my birthday, which is right after Christmas, um, in the ICU. Um, the, the hospital people were phenomenal. I mean, we were my wife laughs about it at first. She says it feels like she was getting called to the principal's office every day because um, we always had more people in the room than were, you were supposed to. And some of the other patients, I guess, were complaining. And finally, my wife looked at the director of the hospital and she said, well, they've all got guns and badges. You you get them out of here. I'm, I can't make them leave. Um, but the I had a lot of support. Um, from obviously all my family, but all my friends and coworkers, and and I, I'm actually glad that it happened back then and not today with the restrictions of COVID. And um, because the hospital really was great to us, um, my kids and all my family, we they brought the Christmas dinner in, um, and we like I said we celebrated um, Christmas dinner in the hospital in the ICU room. And uh, then I had a friend of mine made a, uh, a birthday cake that was actually shaped like a brain. It had my badge number on it, so I got a picture of all the nurses standing around me in the in the bed with my, my brain cake. <laughs> um, so it, it was pretty trying times, but um, we were we were just glad that I was I was still here to celebrate it, and um, and then. For the the miracle of all of it, is when when I was in the uh, the ER that day um, through one of the scans, they found a um, tumor in my uh, left kidney that actually that was determined to be stage two kidney cancer. Um, so after after we took care of the brain and got that taken care of, um, I got out of the hospital in January of 19 and went and spent a week in Jacksonville, Florida in rehab. Um, and then I was sent home that, that following May, I had kidney surgery to, uh, to remove the tumor. And, uh, so in one way, the aneurysm probably saved my life because the, the cancer was found and I would not have gone to the doctor and it would have ended up spreading. And so it's a, in one way, it's a blessing. Well, you have, and in, in some of the peer support trainings that, that you've talked about, you've talked about the impact of those 20 years in law enforcement around the holidays. <clears throat> How has your perspective of the holidays maybe changed some since all this happened right around the holidays? Um, not because of the incident that happened. I think that what I want you to really look at, not only that, but talk about, you know, these guys that are out here that um, – they may have three, four, five years, and it seems like they get they work every every holiday. I know back in the seventies, it seemed like there was a holiday. Tim was always on call, or either he was working. How has your perspective of the holidays and your family changed as a result of two years ago? Well, the and I 
I've talked about it before, especially in, in some of the classes that we've, we've done, is, you know, what I realized uh, immediately is is I probably had not been the best father that I could be, and I certainly was not the best husband that I could be. Um, so it was a very eye-opening experience to me to realize some of the, the mistakes that I've made and the faults that I had um, because it really came into perspective how important life is and, and how quickly it can be taken and you're just gone. Um, but you're right in the fact that I, I can remember back when I first started with with the Dothan Police Department here, um, the first three or four years, it seemed like my squad was always working for Christmas. And the third or fourth year, you know, I remember my wife saying, are you, go, are you even going to ask to take off this year? And my answer was always the same. Well, I'm the new guy. I'm I gotta I gotta build up my seniority and and uh, and it happens all the time. There's always gonna be a squad working every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, as luck would have it, every kid's birthday. Um, so it it does have a, a toll on you and both yourself and and the way your family handles it. Well, I'll tell you, to hear these stories is amazing and. Being in the position that I'm in, I'm a pastor at a church, and we get to hear about these miracles, and it just reminds us, like you said, how sweet life is and how things could change in a moment. And so there really was a reset for you in this process, Will, and uh, I hope our listeners can really take stock in the fact that we don't know what tomorrow holds and we need to be around and available for each other, and that's one of the things that I believe peer support is uh, so beneficial for. So make sure that our listeners know that they can find us on Facebook at Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support, also on Podbean, Al Leaps, and on Spotify, Al Leaps. So I want to make sure people know that they can find these podcasts that are available to support their walk in their careers. And also, Will, I want you to tell us how peer support was there for you. Sure thing. Um, the the peer support, the model that's here now, I was a little familiar with it, um, but even prior to the law being enacted, uh, there were other avenues that officers could take for peer support. But um, unbeknownst to me, I had people come and offer peer support to my family while I was, I guess, not conscious. And then I can remember later on meeting with uh, some instructors or peer support people that came by and, and talked with me in the ICU room. So what it really did was it opened my eyes to how important this program really is for all first responders, um, whether that's firefighters, dispatchers, law enforcement, um, because it, at some point we all need somebody to talk to. And it's really the stigma that's associated. I know in other podcasts y'all you've talked about it is – you know, the I'm Mr. Tough Guy or, or I don't want to talk to anybody because it means I'm weak or I'm scared. or And really none of that is true. It's the furthest from the truth. So it's important for all of us to, to have an outlet, and that's really what what this program does. And it, it's a very important um, program for us to have to need somebody to talk to 